And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. From Envision Financial, Luke Smith, good afternoon. Mate, how are we? So far, so good. It's the it's the end of a very long week. You know how some weeks it flies by like that and you think, where did it go? Other weeks you think, geez, it's a long time since Monday. Well, you know, I think with the way we're going at the moment, it's every other day's Friday and you you sort of blink and go, hang on, it's why am I hungry? It's 3.30 in the afternoon. So, Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, next Friday, I believe, is Good Friday, so uh, we won't yes. be having a program no, next Friday. Right. We've got a week off. Because we'll, we'll take that time off. Plus, I won't be here anyway right. next well, week. Well, you definitely have an all week Absolutely off. Absolutely. <laughs> having the inter- so, so as of 6 o'clock tonight, I'm putting on the Hawaiian shirt. I like it. I like it. I'll <laughs> take holiday, mine out. Holiday time. But Beautiful. before we can do that, we have to uh, get down to business here. And today we're talking about something about which I know absolutely nothing. Right. PSSAP superannuation. Yep. What is it and how does it work? And so um, apparently PSSAP is not the same thing as PSS, which I find very confusing. Yeah, look, and I think that's really why we're talking about it today because in previous shows we've spoken about the defined benefit schemes that the government have and depending on your age, you are either been in it forever and won't leave or you were too young to join it and they closed it around 05 from memory. Um, and this was a byproduct or the fund that was created by the government to hold contributions to superannuation for people employed by the government who had joined the workforce and were unable to join the PSS defined benefit scheme. And it's it's been topical. I've had a number of people sort of shoot through an email, a couple of YouTube requests and the like to say, hey, can you touch on this? Because there are a very large portion of people in the ACT especially that yes. will be in this by default. And there's a few misnamers, there's a few misconceptions. And this really, like anything else, is just about looking under the hood. And the, the, the purpose of, of, of this sort of show is to just get people thinking. And I find the worst thing that someone can do is make an assumption without finding out. So really all we're mm. going to do today is cover off the the fund in general terms, give some people some things to think about and, and sort of compare it to other options or general super fund practices so that they can have a gauge as to whether things are appropriate for them or not. Okay, so in general terms, the PSS is the old scheme and the PSSAP is the new and improved modern scheme. Correct. So the, the key point of distinction here is the PSS is a defined benefit scheme where your entitlements are calculated using a specific formula and it is impacted by your final average salary and your rate of contribution while you work there. The PSSAP is a standard accumulation fund, just like any other superannuation fund in Australia. The value of your fund is impacted by the underlying investments in your risk profile and your rate of contribution and how much you put in. So the, the methodology from a calculation standpoint is very different. Some other key things to consider in relation to the PSSAP is it only has four investment options. You've got cash, income, aggressive, and balanced. Now, I liken this for the tradies out there. If a plumber comes to my house, I had a plumber at my house this morning installing a toilet, and if all he had was a monkey wrench and a Phillips head screwdriver, it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to install a toilet. Super funds are just like any other facet of life. You want as much control and as much flexibility and as many tools as possible at your disposal because some people have more interest in super than others. And I find that as you become a little bit older and you start to talk about the word retirement or pension and starting an income stream, knowing where your money's going to come from and, and having an understanding of what you've got becomes a little bit more important to you. 
the young Thundercats out there that are, you know, 30 years from getting it go, ah, oh, whatever, who cares, I can't get it, let it ride. And that's cool. Super funds are really just about saying, is what I'm in right for me? And if not, what are my alternatives? So in relation to flexibility and control, I would say this fund is very, very limited in relation to your investment options. By comparison, an industry fund may offer you more options or a personal super fund that could be provided by the likes of an MLC, a Macquarie, um, a Colonial, any of the big names that you could go and get a, a superannuation for, would allow you to select from four or 500 different managed funds, a very broad range of exchange-traded funds, as well as probably the ASX 200 or 300 biggest companies. Now, for me, that's what I would sort of peg as a normal super fund that would be appropriate for most people who have an interest in probably one of the greatest assets they're going to have in their lives. So flexibility is something that you need to consider. If, if you're not fussed, that's mm-hmm. fine. Okay. You know, it's, it's really just understanding what you need and what you can work with. So, and I'm a complete layman here, but mm-hmm. uh, taking uh, what I can from what you've just said, the PSSAP is a little bit more constricted and limited than you might find in a superannuation fund that other people might be uh, in- invested in. It's, from an investment standpoint, it's one of the, the, the most limited funds I've seen in a long time. Okay. So if you're a public servant and that's what you're in, do you have a choice? Uh, can you swap yes. out to a different yeah, fund? Yeah, look, very much so. Um, a number of years back, there was there was some innuendo around, well, we get 15.4% paid into super. If you don't put it into PSSAP, we'll only pay you 9.5%. Most enterprise agreements now ha- under the superannuation choice legislation don't care where you put it. And even if you do have an old school agreement that says that you have to do that, I'd keep the minimum amount in PSSAP. I'd have your increased superannuation contributions going into that fund. And then I'd be rolling over the balance of your account to a more flexible opportunity where you have an interest and a need and want to participate in the various offerings that another fund could could give to you. So, yeah, it's it's not that it, it has to be used. It's mm. the default So option. in those circumstances, you could actually run two accounts? Yeah, very much so. Okay. Yeah, Because this is always about you know, having the right fund for you at your stage of life and your level of interest and the things that you want to do. Some people come in and say, look, I'd really like to buy some some listed shares because I want to control the income that's paid from them and I'd like to maximise my franking credits because we saw at the last election, franking credits matter to the, the older members of the community because when you retire, they have a huge... Yeah. Uh, role to play in your retirement and, and the funding of your retirement. Um, and this fund, for example, doesn't let you buy listed shares. So it's not that we're talking good or bad. It's just about making sure that you have the opportunities and the tools that you need to do the things that you want. And we don't have a lot of tools in our toolbox when it comes to PSSAP. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, the PSS is the old scheme and mm-hmm. the PSSAP is the new scheme. If people are on the old scheme, can they change to the new scheme? No. Okay. No, you... So you're stuck with what you've got. Yeah. And, and, and is look, that a good thing or a bad well, thing? Well, being stuck, <laughs> no, no one's ever going to say they're upset about being stuck in the PSS. Let's put it that way. Because it was a good scheme. Yes. And the the calculations and the methodology of that scheme are ridiculous, which is fantastic for the members that are in there. Um, But when that fund was created and the rules were written, people were earning much different levels of income. Yeah. Um, And it is is a very, very generous scheme with a lot of good options. Um, But the downside of that fund, if you wanted to have one, is you can't choose your underlying investments. So they do that for you and that's fine because that's the nature of that fund. If I had to consider the PSSAP across the broader retail market, and I'll even lump 
industry funds in there. When an industry fund's more flexible than what you've got, you know you've got to question the opportunities that you can take advantage of within this fund. The other thing people need to keep in mind is they come in, they say, oh, I'm in that fund, it's a good fund, it's cost-effective. Now, to paint that picture for people, when we look at a superannuation fund, and we've said in previous shows, there could be an admin fee that they charge, and generally speaking, where you have a lot of investment opportunities, you, you would pay an admin fee that is dependent on the value of your fund, or it could be capped out at a certain price. When we look at the internal cost ratio, which is a mouthful on a Friday afternoon, but it's basically just the cost of the option that you're in. That's one of your favourite phrases, though, isn't it, internal cost ratio? Well, it's one of the most <laughs> misunderstood, or misconstrued or, or, or poorly understood things in our industry because a lot of people go, I don't have an admin fee, my fund's really cheap, and then they find out that you know they're in PSSAP in the balanced option paying 1.15% plus a property cost plus the borrowing cost, which could see you up around 1.35%. Now, again, for some perspective, a portfolio, a diversified portfolio that's run in, in just about any super fund, for me, should cost between 0.4 and 0.6, maybe 0.7, depending on some of the underlying investments. If you're in a fund that has four options, one of them's cash, the other one is aggressive, which means you're running 96% growth assets, which isn't going to be applicable for a very large portion of the population. You've really only got a balanced option that you can use, mm. and you're paying 1.15% for the privilege of what they invest in when you could go to just about anywhere else and structure a portfolio that's right for you and take advantage of all of these other opportunities like listed shares, exchange-traded funds, listed investment companies, specialised managed funds and a raft of other stuff and it costs across a portfolio 0 0.4, 0 0.5, 0 0.6. If you think about someone having a million dollars in this fund, that's a big number and that's a number that you could be saving every year that you are a member of that fund. So it's just about making people aware of the costs and then also how aggressive something is. In, in another show, we spoke about, well, what does balance mean? And, and I, said, yeah. I said that week that after 20 years, I don't know what balance means anymore. And this is, this is a good example. The balanced option at PSSAP runs 78% growth assets. Right. That's and, not entirely balanced then, is it? Well, if, it depends what you call balanced, right? So for me, a balanced portfolio has 50% defensive and 50% growth. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a balanced portfolio in our business that runs those sorts of allocations because that's not what the balance label means to me. No. And again, when we're comparing things, two ways that people look at a fund without understanding all of the other terminology under the, under the hood, what does it cost and what does it do? And when you're comparing costs, as we said in a previous show, if I've got a car driving at 140 kilometres an hour and it's a blue Datsun and I've got a red Datsun and it's driving at 100 kilometres an hour, there's no way the car doing 100 can beat the car doing 140 k's. So 
Unless you switch on the nitrous. Well, unless you've got plenty of <laughs> plenty of boost. See, I, I like your analogies. You know, we, we we've got we've got the red car, the blue car, and we had uh, superannuation is like installing a toilet with a shifting wrench and a Phillips head screwdriver. Yeah. Like I, I can I can dig where you're coming well, from. Well, look, we've just got to put it in a language that people can understand, right? Because this can be a fairly confronting topic, and people can get bamboozled in the terminology. So, mm. if they can picture the car doing 140 and 100. It, it's not about the balanced option. Yes. It's not about the car. We should be talking about how fast the car is going, mm. not the make of the car. And by the make of the car, I mean the label of your risk profile. Right. So, you know, the aggressive option in PSSAP, it runs 67% equities in their PDS and a 94% growth profile in total. Wow. So that is really like doing 180 in a 100 zone. Yes. If COVID comes along and half of your super's gone, and you get pulled over going down Gungarland Drive doing 180, not only would you be keeping up with traffic, you know, on the way to work at the moment because it's like a racetrack, but you, you can't complain about getting a ticket. The important thing for people is that they understand that this is going on because the one thing I found through COVID was people got upset because they thought they were in a more defensive option than they right. really were, yeah. and the value of their super moved more than they were comfortable with, and that's upset people because – the, the labelling of investment options is a little misleading and well, not consistent across the board. Certainly very misleading when balanced means 80% or 90% uh, growth. Uh, in, yeah, and, in some options, know, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, very quickly, are there other things that people should consider in relation to the PSSAP fund? Yeah, I'd also consider the insurance. So the insurance definitions in there, again, don't make the assumption that because it's cheap, it's great. I've never seen anything in life be the cheapest out there and give you all the bells and whistles. And if there's one thing that people have learned during COVID is your income underpins your entire existence and everything you plan on doing both now and in the future. It is your greatest asset in most instances and should be protected with the best possible contract. And if you take the PSSAP, again, it's, I've got nothing against PSSAP, but I get really frustrated when people come in thinking it's good without understanding what they could compare it to. So if you've got income protection through the PSSAP, I, I would be looking at another alternative because there are a number of good contracts out there that will provide you with a huge range of additional ways to be paid. And I'm yet to meet anybody that's upset about getting paid on something Yep. than the traditional misconception that, oh, insurance companies don't pay, it's a horrible experience. You want as many tools in your toolbox on the claim side, just like you do when it comes to investments. The more you can use and the more choice and flexibility you have, the greater degree of control and comfort and peace of mind you can have whilst accumulating assets and also leading into retirement. For a moment there, I thought you were going to say you want to have as many tools in your toolbox as you would if you were installing a toilet. I don't have that many toilets. <laughs> what did you do? Did you break it? <laughs> no, I had it replaced. Yeah. <laughs> this afternoon, I've got Luke Smith from Envision Financial in the studio with me today. We're talking about PSSAP superannuation, what it is and how does it work. We've uh, determined that it's not the same thing as PSS, and uh, we've covered a bit of other ground too. So, Luke, mm. what are the key things that people need to consider when they're in the PSSAP? Yeah, so taking into account what we said before the ad break in relation to the risk profile, you want to make sure that you understand the asset allocation or the, the total risk that you're taking on for your selected profile because 94% of growth assets in a, in a portfolio is ex extremely aggressive and you yeah, need... Very. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you know that. Exactly. Um, so check out your 
option that you've picked and, and, and consider if it's right for you. Um, look at your internal cost ratios. See what's in your fund. Multiply your fund value by your internal cost ratio and then consider an alternative if you were to incur costs of 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.7 and, and do the math because there may be options to save a lot of money and you're going to be in this potentially for 10, 15, 20 years. If you can save a couple of thousand bucks a year on what you've got, um, that's something people should be considering because nothing more frustrating for me when they come in and find that out at 62 um, and wish someone had told them sooner. So check out your internal cost ratios. If you want to buy ETFs, exchange-traded funds, listed shares and all sorts of other things, then you're going to need to consider another fund. Check your enterprise agreement to make sure that you can have 15.4% paid to another fund. In most instances, that would be the case. If you can't for any reason, keep the minimum in PSSAP and then roll the balance over to somewhere else if you want a little more control and flexibility and to potentially lower your costs. And consider the insurance that you have in the fund. If you want an open comparison done to a range of other providers to make sure that you have the best possible contract for the right amount of money, um, that's something that I think is very important because you should be checking your default waiting period and your default benefit period. In some instances, the benefit period may be two years or five years. Most people need a benefit period through to age 65 because they intend to work through to probably at least age 60 anyway. So if you're going to pay for something in a fund, that's great but understand what you've got and make sure that you've got the best possible definitions and inclusions and if that means that you cancel cover there after you've taken out new cover in your own name to maximize the tax efficiency of it and we touched on some of that in the insurance series that we did last month just understand what you've got i don't mind if you want to stay there and pay amazing investment cost ratios because you like the fund that's great there's nothing wrong with that but there's nothing more frustrating for me when people come in don't understand that and wish someone had told them sooner. And that's really all we've tried to do today. A lot of hype is given to CSS and PSS, but PSSAP seems to sort of slide under the radar. Um, and we just wanted to bring a few things to people's attention and, you know, make sure that whether you're, you know, living in Terrigal, you're living in Cronulla, um, and, and we'll give a big shout out to Heath and the and the, the team he's got over there in the Solomon Islands, who are evidently avid listeners now because there's not a lot to do in the Solomon Islands. Um, they're all thinking about these sorts of things because, you know, the police especially, you know, this is an example of where, you know, a government department will end up in the PSSAP scheme. So just be aware of what you've got. Use the tools that are available to you and, and, and consider options and just don't assume that it's the best thing since sliced bread. So all those people not in the public service and who were, you know, concerned that perhaps they're somehow getting left behind because they don't have 15% going into their super, mm. uh, it's, not all, uh, it's not all the gravy that you might have thought it was. There are limitations to the public service. Yeah, patients. look, there's, there's, there's good and bad with everything. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a good argument for PSS. There's a bad argument for PSS. It just depends if it's appropriate for you. So it's just about making sure that you understand what you're working with because you, you could be in this fund for 25 years and I'd hate to be in something for 25 years and find out that potentially there was a cheaper option with more viability on, and more mm. flexibility and more control and nobody told me about it. I'd, that frustrates me when people come in and talk about these sorts of things financially in, in, in any area, not just this. So Indeed. just information's key. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 62604749. Um, we're taking appointments for July at the moment. So um, if you want to come in and have a bit of a chat, there, there's going to be a bit of a wait, but unfortunately um, there's only so many hours in the day. Um, 
envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the Knowledge Centre there. You can you can subscribe to that for free, and there's a huge pool of resources, calculators, and videos you can watch on a range of different topics. Um, we've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker. Luke talks money on iTunes and Spotify, and we've got the YouTube channel. Envision Financial Canberra, where we record the show, and you can have the key takeouts before and after the break, and watch it on the phone, and you don't have to read too much. So I find that's that's becoming a you know a, a bit of a favourite. Absolutely, Luke. Thanks very much. Pleasure. We'll catch you again in two weeks' in time a few weeks. after Easter. Done deal.